1: I believe absolutely with every bit of my being that love is for everyone, but we get in our own way so much, right? I mean, Andrea, with what you do, you find people getting in their own way for success and getting in their own way yeah. for so many things. and 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 that starts with, first of all, self-worth. Mm-hmm. So many of us don't feel actually worthy of love. So we're not allowing people to love us. Right? When somebody shows up able to love us, we don't even understand it. Our brains can't even process it. It starts with our own self-work. This is Your
0: Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 284 with guest Kira Sabin.
2: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen. A no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it. Life's too short for it to not kick ass.
0: And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad you are here. So we just wrapped up, well, I mean, didn't just wrap up, but we recently wrapped up the month of May, and May was one of those unusually crazy and very, very busy months for me, and Wow, I was tired. (laughs) I'm still recovering from it. And this morning I had a team meeting with the lovely Emily Christofferson, who's been over here uh, with team YKAL, I think since 2012. It's been a long time. And she was asking me, just you know, what we have coming up, because I've decided to put a couple of things off. And, you know, as a good business manager that she is, she just was like, what's going on? What's the next project? And it was a long pause on my end. And I'm kind of frantically trying to think of something because we usually have something going on, right? It's either I'm going to start promoting a retreat. I am going to maybe think about when my next group program is like something big is typically happening over here. And I already knew that I'm going to take the entire month of July off. By the way, there's going to be archived podcast episodes, kind of like the best of my favorites, the ones that y'all told me how much you loved, because a lot of you probably missed them. So that's coming up in July. And I just was like, I kind of, I said to her, I really just want to take a break. And for some reason, it feels awkward to say that to you. Like I have to ask for permission. And we both laughed because that's not true. I don't need to ask for permission. I truly can take a break. That's the beauty of creating what I have created. And, and when I decided to take the giant leap <laughs> and risk of becoming an entrepreneur, that was part of the plan. like I want to be in a place where I can work my ass off and then take a break when I need to. And this is time. So June, I'm sort of taking a big deep breath. Of course, I still have my private clients. I have some fun stuff coming up. We're, we're creating a new website, which I'm always excited to release to you all. But one of the other fun things that we're doing is coaching you, the listener here on the podcast and recording it for everyone to hear because I know it will help people so much. So currently that, that first round of applications went out to people who are patrons and subscribe to my Patreon feed. And you are the people who really support the show. So if you're interested in that, just head on over to patreon.com slash i I'm doing a book giveaway over there for y'all, by the way. I'm going to give away Lori Harder's book, A Tribe Called Bliss. I was looking at my bookshelf this morning and I'm like, I want people to enjoy this book. So patrons, if you're listening, look for that posting in the feed because I'm just going to do a random drawing for really any of you who want the book, just a random drawing. So that'll be fun. And I would love to just pose the question to you, where in your life do you need a break? Do you want to exhale? (laughs) Do you want to pause for a minute and just take a deep breath and whatever it is that you need to do to take care of yourself? Maybe you're in a spot of rapid growth or rapid To do list. Maybe it's just sort of crazy for you right now. I know a lot of you are graduating from school yourself, or you have people in your family that are graduating. Father's Day is coming up and summer. Summer can sort of kick off a lot of fun things, but a lot of, you know, hectic activity. But hey, where do you need to slow down? Where do you need to give yourself permission to push the pause button, to take a deep breath, to just really take a much needed break? All right. Switching gears over here. I'm super excited to bring you today's guest. She's been on the podcast a handful of times. Kira is a real life friend of mine and she is the expert on relationships. That is the conversation we're having today, which I know doesn't matter if you are partnered, if you are single. She's actually a coach for single women, but this episode is for everyone because all humans are in relationship. So if you are new to Kira, let me tell you a little bit about her. Kira is one part... Okay, I did not make up this bio. This is all Kira, so get ready. Kira is one part unicorn, actual genetics, look it up, she says, one part sweary, fairy godmother, and all parts devoted to helping single women realize that they are not fucked up, broken, or unlovable. As a positive psychology practitioner and a certified coach for the past 11 years, she is obsessed with having the bigger conversations around love and relationships, the ones that nobody else is having but everyone should. So without further ado, here is Kira. Kira Sabin, welcome to the podcast. Andrea Owen, so glad to be here. <laughs> Always a great time to be able to talk to you. And But this is the part where we have to be professional.
1: Yes, profession, very professional. Not really. A little professional. A
0: little profesh. Give me like 10% of your profesh. And I'm super pumped to talk to you about this because I've had you on a couple of times And I will pop those links in the show notes because I remember one of the episodes that we had, and it was much earlier on in the podcast, you were talking about how you get all fired up because fairy tales have kind of like screwed us over and that's not how real life is. And everyone knows that, but you were more specifically, I remember you talking about how we ask our partners in this modern love, we expect our partners to be
1: everything to us. And they can't be right. Right? I mean, and talk about setting people up for failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been so long since we done we've done a yeah. podcast. I don't remember that, but absolutely. I mean, the way that we, I am on a daily basis blown away that it's 2019, and you know, self driving cars are around the corner, and yet we have such ridiculously archaic thinking about love and relationships.
0: Yeah. Well, it's that actually brings so me to my, my the question I want to ask you: What is, and specifically, like, what does no
1: one tell us about real love? I mean, welcome to the next five hours. Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to go have some lunch. You just take the break. I just got, I'll just, you know, rant for like 20 minutes, go have your lunch, go, go pet (laughs) the dogs. Uh, So, I mean, number one, I mean, I don't think that people really even tell us about what love actually is. I mean, let's like break this down, right? So first of all, uh, you know, one of the things that I preach, I think is really important is there's five stages of a relationship. And the first stage is a stage that we all know. Well, it's the what we see on TV and in movies and books, and that's called the obsessive love phase. And it's kind of like you're on drugs, you know, the oxytocin in your brain kicks in like cocaine. Uh And, you know, Obsessive love because we're thinking about them all the time. All we want to do is be with them. Like everything they do is adorable. And the thing is, is like the number one thing that I like people to understand is that's actually not love. Right. That is a different word for that. Well, I mean, I guess some people call it infatuation. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it, but that's exactly what it is. But in our society, so many people think that's actually what love is. And if you don't feel that all the time, they're out. But the thing is, but the the really unsexy answer to this is that's actually just our bodies like for procreation, right? They want us to connect on that level with somebody so that we keep the species going. But that's not what love is. And your relationship can't exist in that space and won't exist in that space. But I hear all the time from people oh, we just fell out of love, right? You can't fall out of love. Love is just an emotion. Mm-hmm. Right? Love, you can't fall out of sadness. You can't fall out of anger. You can't. So you can't just fall out of love. What instead happens is that we don't have a strong enough relationship to keep that loving feeling going on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. And well, I figure I, I know how you feel about love at first sight then. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Did that translate? Really just like, I, I mean, think you're hot and I want to ride your mustache, like pretty much.
1: <laughs> right. And go ahead, ride their mustache, but let's not pretend that it's going to fucking turn into to a loving relationship the next day. Yeah. Right? Like It could. Th- I mean, it could, but yeah. there's going to be a lot of work to be done for that to actually happen. So people who believe in love at first sight are actually uh, three times more apt to cheat. Oh, really? Yeah, and and it's because, right? They are living for that emotion, living for that rush, living for like mm-hmm. that excitement. And when it stops in the relationship that they're currently happy having, they think, "Uh oh, okay, I guess this is just the wrong person." And so they go find it again, yeah, and again and again.
0: Oy, 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 oy. Yes. Oh, and yeah. I've, I've experienced that, you know, just the super quick. I, in my experience of love, the faster I fall in love with
1: someone, the more explosive it is at the end. Like, <laughs> Just and that's, kind of a correlation. You know, and another thing that we didn't talk about love is it's supposed to be a slow burn. Yeah. Right. It's supposed to have a timeline. You can't know in a moment, you can't know in three weeks You know, what you can know is I'm attracted to this person. I'm really interested in getting to know them. I'm really, um, you know, see some potential here. But you're not going to know until six months or a year in if that person can ultimately show up and be great for you. Right? And that happens through teaching them how to, uh, how to treat you, you learning how to treat them and, you know, and actually having the skill set and to be able to do that.
0: I've found that to be my experience as well. I, and you and I, I think we talked about this this on the last time you were here and my relationship with Jason has been one of those slow burns. And there were moments in the beginning, even really the first couple of years where I thought I was doing it wrong because it didn't look like my former relationships. And it was my therapist that pointed it out, who was like, actually, Andrea, healthy relationships are a lot of times kind of boring. (laughs) There's <laughs> not Absolutely. a lot of drama and that's what you're used to. You're used to drama and chaos in your romantic relationships. And it was so hard for me to figure out because I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up in a family that was like that, but all of my romantic, re- well, I should say the vast majority of my romantic relationships were like that. And it's what I got used
1: to and what I equated love to. And so many of us do, right? And there's nothing about society. So so what happens is most people get into relationships and get into marriages where it's boring, Right. And they're like, well, this isn't what love is supposed to feel like. And it kind of is. And, and, you know, I think that if you have a deep connection and that comes through self work and vulnerability and great communication, you know, you will feel connected, but you're not going to feel that first like eight months to a year and a half which is the infatuation, the obsessive love phase, like that has to go away or we wouldn't even have fire or the wheel, right? If we all <laughs> lived in that phase, like there'd be, no, there'd be no scientific discoveries. We'd all be just like, you know, making out all the time. Yeah.
0: Procreating like in the middle of the street all the time. Right.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it has to evolve. But for some reason we we think that that next step in the evolution of relationships um, is, is boring or worse. And it's not, if you, if you are deeply connected, if you are vulnerable, if you are communicating and you're like a true partnership, I mean, I think that that's 10 times more exciting than that obsessive love, which is like, you know, basically built on, you know, anxious dating and you know, you don't really know if it's going to work or not. And you're excited, but you're scared. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's exhausting. I mean, that just sounds exhausting to me at this point.
0: It is. And I've been there too. And that's actually a good segue for the next question I want to ask you and so this is directly from your website so you say I believe that with self-work and understanding of how relationships work and a little patience anyone can find a love that makes them want to cry every time they think about it and like I I did say in the intro you know this is for women who are single and women who are looking or who are in a relationship and looking to maybe shift things so can you say more about that (laughs) Andrea. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Andrea. Masterclass.com slash Andrea. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify.
1: yeah absolutely i think that because of our our beliefs about love and, and beliefs about just kind of even like dating and relationships in 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 2019 we're starting to question is this real can everybody have this mm-hmm. you know and there's so many people who have tried and tried you know people who come to work with me sometimes are divorced three times by 40 mm-hmm. you know and they're just like, I don't actually think I, I question whether or not love is actually for me. Yeah, And the thing is, is that I believe absolutely with every bit of my being that love is for everyone, but we get in our own way so much, right? I mean, Andrea, with what you do, you find people getting in their own way for success and getting in their own way for so many things. And, you know, and, and that starts with, first of all, self-worth. Mm-hmm. So many of us don't feel actually worthy of love. So we're not allowing people to love us, right? When somebody shows up able to love us, we don't even understand it. We can't even, you know, our our, our brains can't even process it. So, you know, it, it starts with our own self-work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we have to be able to know what love looks like. It feels like we have to be able to bring it up in ourselves so that when somebody is trying to love us, you know, we, we can actually accept it. There's so many p- women that I work with who are willing to give everything that they have away to a partner, but they have no idea how to actually accept that love themselves. Yes, yeah. Oh, I've, I've struggled with that
0: and had to specifically work on that. And the way I described it is is that the way I say it is like letting him love me because I, I, I asked that question. Will I ever find, not even will I ever find love, but just does it, does anyone find love or is it for me? Am I bad at this after my first divorce? Because I was like, well, also pretty traumatized as well, but just so cynical about it too. And I think right. a lot of people listening might be in that place, whether they've been dating and are in their mid or late thirties or beyond and haven't found the one yet or divorced a couple times or not in a great, uh, you know, long-term relationship or something like that. But I think that for me, it was, I heard a saying once a long, long time ago that said the best time to work on your marriage is before you're married And what they're essentially saying is like, you have got to work on yourself instead of trying to find the right one, which is also important, but you have got to work on yourself. And I know I'm saying like a lot of different points here. (laughs) That's okay. I I also wanted just to say real quick, kind of from the top of this conversation about self-worth is that I think there's some misconceptions about what that actually looks like. I am someone that does this for a living and I can honestly say, yes, I know I'm worthy. I'm worthy of love. And I still have moments where I question it. Those moments are fewer and far between. But I just want everyone out there to listening to know that the goal is to feel worthy of love and belonging the majority of the time. That's that to me is like the win for everybody.
1: Absolutely, just to like yourself most of the yeah. time, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, I think that sometimes self love is 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 a um, you know is an ideal, but that we that we are able to. Like ourselves enough to be able to accept the love from others, yeah, on a daily basis, right? Because imagine being in a relationship with somebody who can't accept love. Mm-hmm. And so many times it's we're tough. just like, it is, and, the, and then we think that it's so many other things. We think it's our weight, or we think it's our, you know, our jobs, or our time, or our location, or whatever. But actually, it's the fact that when somebody shows up able to love us, we don't know what to do with it,
0: right? Yeah. And for me, I was like, I have so much evidence that when I let someone in and let them love me, they shit all over my heart. (laughs) I remember saying out loud to one of my friends, I'm so disappointed of the men who have disappointed me in in my life. And it was, you know, it was, you know, my brother and (laughs) like all these people where I'm like, I have so much proof that it is just painful to let someone in. And those are just like trust issues, right? With a you know little dose of daddy issues as well. But I just, I say that because it's it's normal, I think, to get to a certain age where you have disappointment after disappointment after heartbreak and you get to a point where you're like, I'm done.
1: Absolutely, and my question to you—and not even to you—is to like the universal you. Is number one, like where were your boundaries? Number two, like where was your vulnerability? You know, where were you at and teaching people how to treat you? Because Terrible. I, right? I find that, <laughs> right? I find that we're not so disappointed when our boundaries and our vulnerability are in line. Ah. Right. Exactly. So, and, mm-hmm. and I want to just step back to where you said the best time to work on your marriage is before. I mean, I'm one of the few people that I even know who does this work beforehand because most people don't work on their relationship until I think they say six years too late. When it's an emergency. Right? Yeah. Like hmm. When shit's so bad, they're like, oh my God, I guess we better go to, you know, couples counseling. And and sometimes people will be like, ooh, I don't know if I want to spend this money. I'm like, you know, what costs more divorce. <laughs> like, you know, what costs more couples counseling. And you know, it's, it's so, um, it's so amazing to watch like the women I work with, like go in more confidently, go into knowing how to set a boundary, knowing how to be vulnerable, knowing like what they need to do to actually build a relationship. And I'm, I'm like, ticked off by our society that we aren't having these conversations on a daily basis. I'm sure you are too. Like why are we not teaching kids how to set boundaries? Why are we not teaching kids, you know, how to be more vulnerable and be available and and you know and and work on their self-worth and resilient. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely.
0: well I know uh, well, I want to kind of switch gears slightly because we have both people who are single that listen to this and people who are attached and my question is how can attached people be awesome to their single friends? Cause I've always wondered that too. You know, I don't want to, my single friends, like, I don't want to think that like, I only want you to tell me funny stories about your dating life and things that have gone terribly because it's hilarious, you know, like that's like, shitty. Entertain me. Entertain, entertain me. me. Yeah. So how can, how can attached people be awesome to their single friends?
1: You know, number one, and this is just great practice for all of your life is ask, Right, uh-huh. like say, you know, how can I be great for you, um, and 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 you know, asking questions such as, I, I think that. The biggest stuff that I hear from the single ladies is number, number one, they hate being cut out of their couple friends' lives, right? Like they're just not invited to things anymore. Or they just don't feel like people take time. Um, but number two, you know, and when they do, they're like, why do you think you're single? Or they're trying to give advice all the time. And, you know, the thing is, is that advice might work for you, but it doesn't for them. And, you know, Ew, I, people I, actually ask, why do you think you're oh, single? oh Ouch. oh Everybody oh. don't.
0: Ask that. (laughs) That would be so
1: painful. Or they say, or they say things like, Oh my God, you're so pretty. I can't believe you're not you don't have a relationship yet, or something along those lines that just brings in some kind of a single shame. Yeah. Right. So instead, you know, I think that number one, the greatest thing to do is just kind of say, you know, hey, we can talk about this if you want to. And then we don't actually have to, understanding that our experience may not be anything like their experience. Right. And I think that that one of the best things that we can do is, you know, and I hear this, I heard this recently from a woman in my, my current owner's manual is the, is she went to go hang out with her friends and she was like, it was such great role modeling for what I want. Mm -hmm. Right. Like be, have your relationship, be the role model so they can like learn from it and, and bask in it. And it gives them hope, right? Like you said, oh my gosh, for so long, I didn't feel like I had hope. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you get to hang around with a healthy, awesome couple, you're like, this is what I want. This is how this feels. I now am one step closer, but I mean, I just think that we need to, and also just as single women. And I like to say like, Let's not fucking talk about this all the time. Yeah. Like we have nothing better to do with our identities than to talk about dating.
0: Yeah. I feel, I mean, this might be like the worst analogy and if it is, I'm so sorry, but I feel like, you know, your, your, um, your relationship status, like what if, what if we talked about our sexuality? Like Kira, let's talk all the time about how we are straight.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Well, that would be the most boring conversation How heterosexuals,
0: ever. That's right. It's like, no, it just, it's, it's so such a, it's just, I don't know. And I know it comes with so much privilege and that's why I think it's, it's probably a terrible example. But I say that because if you're someone who's attached, you're single friends, here's what I make up. Like there are other things to talk about <laughs> that are important to them, not just about their status, their relationship status.
1: Right. Like, you know, cause if you know, you're in a relationship, I mean, I have a full life. I have a, I have my business, you know, I like to travel. I have hobbies. I have friends outside of, of Danny. I mean, he is in a, a major and an important part of my life, but you know, he's not everything. And mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, as, for women in general, I think that we need to continue feeding our lives and feeding each other without it just being about relationships.
0: Yes. Well, I have a question that probably should have been asked at the beginning of this podcast because it's more of like, let's get to know Kira. But I was trying to come up with things that I, I didn't know about you that I was genuinely curious about. And my question is, what is, and it doesn't have to be about dating, but what is one of your biggest life regrets?
1: <sighs> um.
0: Besides not trying out for Kids Incorporated?
1: Kids Incorporated.
0: Gen <laughs> Xers okay. here. S-O, Looks like we
1: made it. We're Kids Incorporated. Okay. I T S Kids Incorporated. Um. All the millennials are like, what? Because then I would be friends with Mario Lopez, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Martika. Wasn't that the and Fergie? For, mean, he was, are, are
0: you sure you're not thinking of the Mickey Mouse Club?
1: Oh, I am not, Andrea Owen. I didn't know I Maria Lopez was on Kids Incorporated. Uh, did I say
0: Jennifer Lopez? No, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes. Okay. I, now I'm going to have to Google this when we're done, but <laughs> we'll, post, yeah. we'll post a quick video in the, sho- in, the, in the show notes for people who are like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that show in forever. Yeah. Fergie. That's, that's where she started. Ferg. Stacy Ferguson. <laughs> that's so funny. But besides I mean, that, what is your biggest
1: life regret? Um, my biggest life regret, I think is, you know, I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to be real about this and not like some fucking healthy answer. Right. <laughs> you know, like some, like, I just wish, you know, so I, I wish that I wouldn't, I wish I shouldn't have been so shitty to myself in my twenties, like whether it was being single or dating. Right. Like I just, I just was trying to seek love or attention or whatever, for so, so hard for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm like embarrassed, right? Like there are people in the, who, who know me and don't like me and they have every reason to not like me. Oh, because of how you behaved many, many years. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. Like I, I can think of one particular moment. I, so I, I, I worked on cruise ships and she knows, I together. Uh, but we had a training in Miami and like all the people kind of like in my role all came together. And I like felt the need to be like the person who is making like sarcastic comments the whole time. Like I just, I, I, I think back to that person and how much I needed to be like seen and heard and whatever I would have to do to be seen and heard that like, it like hurts me on the inside to even uh-huh. think about it. And think about how annoying and obnoxious it must have been.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, man, that hurts. I know that pain, and I'm sure so many people do. And I'm not – what I'm about to say is not to make you – try to make you feel better or anything, like truly, but I, I say this because I'm a podcast host. And I just
1: – Well, <laughs> if this was me, just a, And we're friends. If this but, was just a one-on-one know.
0: conversation, then I just would have stopped right there. But I'm going to throw in an and. And – I think that just my observation is that – I well, I recently had a conversation with someone who – and this person was making amends for something they had done to me in high school. And I did not know that at the time, but he said I was so incredibly insecure at that time with girls, and I'm so sorry that it came out that way. And and it made me think – I'm like, gosh, I I would venture to guess that the vast majority of people – And it's that whole saying of like, hurt people, hurt people. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you hurt people in a bad way, but just anytime someone acts like an asshole or hurts people, or I just, there's so much insecurity and pain going on underneath. And it doesn't mean that we need to automatically forgive them for it or just bypass it or anything
1: like that. But just, it's a perspective to think about, right? Absolutely. To understand that person's hurting, right? Yeah. To understand, you know, whenever I, in fact, this weekend, Danny and I, cause we're, we just moved to Denver. We, we basically gave away all of our furniture. So our weekends have been spent shopping and we are in Marshall's, one of my favorite places. And, uh, and long story short, we kind of like brought our card up too close to this woman and she just like lost her shit on, on Danny and I. And, you know, and Danny was like upset and I was just like, she is such an unhappy person. Like I actually in my best moments, you know, kind of did a little bit of, of, you know, the meta meditation, which is I wish you well, I wish you, um, you know, happiness because like, I'm like, she must be hurting so badly on the inside to so overreact to that situation. I mean, Yeah, for sure. You know, like who? You know, what's going on in her daily life, or her brain, or her whatever to like react to two strangers whose cart she felt was too close to her area, her space. I'm sure you,
0: I could just see you like giving her like a nod and a smile and showing her your cute dimples, which probably even like made her even more mad. <laughs> Well,
1: I just was like, I was, you know, in the moment, I was just a little bit like, are, are, are you, are you fucking serious right now? Am I like, being lady? Uh-huh. yeah, I'm like, I'm like, are you, are you real? And then I was just like, okay. And then Danny was like, oh, I'm sorry. We're in your space in uh, Marshall's, but I'm like, let it go. Let it go.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys are going to show up on YouTube. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use EarnIn for anything you need to therapy visits, rent, or even extra self help books. Make EarnIn a part of your financial routine and join EarnIn's over 3.5 million customers who say things like,
3: Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
0: What? I have another question for you. This yeah. is rapid fire. What is the best piece of advice you didn't take and had to learn the hard way? I mean, you know, most advice?
1: Like, <laughs> everything that my that my parents told me?
2: Um, <laughs> me too. Right? Me too. Like,
1: I mean, I... Uh, you know, and and it's probably why you and I get along so well, Andrea, and have for a long time is, you know, I, am I'm, I've been pretty stubborn from a young age of, I'm going to do this the way that I want to do it, whether it makes sense or at all, or whether it takes me 17 times longer or whether it, you know, I want to share the story really quickly. Uh, there was a moment in time in my late 30s uh, cause I am in a relationship now. I got married in, in September, but I did not meet Danny until I was 41. So I was actually with my dad who has, uh, since passed and we were just having a very, uh, normal conversation. And, uh, the, the topic of marriage came up and my dad actually kind of just made this, made this, you know, comment of, well, I don't think you'll ever get married. And, considering I'm a person who was never that concerned about getting married. I was a life coach at the time. I like lost my ever loving shit on him. Oh, really? I was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, and please understand, like I was already a life coach. I'd already done a ton of self work. Like nothing like family can really trigger you. I think and all I- of
0: our tools go out the window when it comes to our immediate <laughs> family. Like, let's be honest and just tell everybody right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, what? You don't think I'm going to get married? Like, you know, how dare you say that? You don't get to like, I mean, I just went off. And then he very kind of sheepishly said, well, Kira, I've never seen you make it a priority. I've never seen you make dating or relationships a priority. You're like too busy building your business or too busy traveling the world. And I had to sit down for a second and go, you're right. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) You're totally right. Like I occasionally get into this like weird little feeling, you know, pity party moment for myself of like, why haven't I found somebody, you know? And, but he was, and it was actually very much a, you know, considering I think my dad was the least emotionally involved person on this earth, a really big aha for me of just like, I, I don't make this a priority and it's not surprising. It hasn't come into my life because I'm too busy doing a thousand other things rather than actually take the time and energy to put towards building a relationship with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think it's about falling in love. I think it's about, you know, creating relationships and, you know, so I, I, that wasn't necessarily advice, but it was amazing that, that my dad, who once again, non, not emotionally evolved, you know, really just gave me an insight that I was not able to see myself. Interesting. I never heard that story before. I'm learning so many great things about you. I know. And I mean Andrea and I have spent a good amount of time together, everybody. Like, countless hours. You know, yes. Which like real actually, time of your life?
0: It brings me to the last question I want to ask you, which is a great segue when you talked about your dad and you know your family of origin. You like to talk to people and teach them about how they learn to love. So can you give us sort of like a snippet about that and the exercise or just really anything? Because I find this super interesting. Sure. I
1: mean, you know, talking a little bit about my own story or just either in way, general. Just however you would introduce it
0: to, to an audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's super important for us to understand that we all learn to like to love differently. We all learn that love looks differently. And I mean, there's a very super easy tool out there that that helps with this, which is love languages. Most people have heard of that, but. But I really dig in with my people on what did you learn that love looked like? What did you learn love felt like? What did you learn was acceptable? Because so many times we find that we can't be with people when I actually think we can because we think that they love wrong versus just love different. Mm -hmm. So like for myself, my dad was this like extreme genius. Truly, He had (laughs) an IQ higher than Einstein's. Um, He lived in his own head. Uh, so it was really, but when he came out of kind of like out of his head, he was like so sparkly, awesome, right? He was fun. He was like the fun dad. He would take us all roller skating or take us down to the Dario, which is a place where you get like soft serve ice cream in the eighties where I lived. And so all of my friends thought my dad was amazing because when he would kind of show up and actually be present, he was great. But that wasn't who he was. 95% of the time, he was, like, writing books. He was, like, in his office coming up with, like, ideas. Like, that's where his happy place was. And so it felt very normal to me for people to ignore me and then just shine for a second. Mm -hmm. Right? So for a very long time, I was dating emotionally unavailable guys who would uh, be kind of fantastic and then I wouldn't hear from them for a week and although it didn't feel good it felt okay because it felt that's normal, ex- yeah, familiar ex- absolutely and and so much what that we talk about or think about which is the spark or chemistry or i feel this or don't feel this has zero to do with actually spark or chemistry chemistry is built off of what we know so like if you learned really unhealthy things about love or really unhealthy things about relationships you are going to naturally find yourself attracted to um, unhealthy things. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where the work comes in is being able to step back and go, wait a second. Like, I know this feels good right now, but is this actually going to get me a relationship that I, that I'm looking for?
0: So it's not that, and I, I want to kind of like underline this. So it's not that something is wrong with you. It's that your brain has been wired a certain way as you have grown up. And that's why you keep coming back to these same habitual patterns of love.
1: Absolutely. Over and over and over. And it doesn't mean anything more than your parents who were highly flawed people. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, just didn't teach you maybe the the tools to healthy love. And that's yeah. why it's our job as adults to to learn them. Right. And also, you know, our parents and our grandparents. I mean, you know, Andrew, you and I've talked about this. My mom was looking for a nice boy from a nice family right? Isn't that what all of our parents were looking for? Right. Like nothing more. more. My, my grand, my, you know, my great grandparents just didn't want their kids to die of the croup, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or scarlet fever, like my great, my grandfather, they had a, there's a tombstone out there that's called baby Schlamer. They did not even give the kid a name because they didn't name their kids till they were a year old. Yeah. Wow, I mean, we live in a different we live in a different time. So I, I, I mean, it's it's I think as women, it is an exciting time because we can do the work and break like the family chains and and raise different women. Yeah right? Raise women who know how to set boundaries, raise women who understand their worth, raise women who know how to, how to have a strong and healthy relationship. Like I'm not trying to just get people married off. I'm trying to get people in relationships that feel good, like on a daily basis. Like I cry regularly. Like when, when I talk about Danny, because I feel so happy about how what we've created and in fact I was grumpy this morning and yelled at him about a smoothie and now I'm going to probably actually cry cuz he was like so sweet about it. So, I mean, I just feel so lucky but it's because we created something really special. Yeah. And I know that you and Jason have have done the done some really hard work to do the same thing.
0: And it's been a long journey and and sometimes feeling painfully slow at times, but I always said, I said, I will stick around as long as I see progress in our relationship. And I I do. And it's just sometimes, and I think it's too, because like I do this work for a living. I'm like, hurry up. And he's like, you would not expect me to do the same thing if you were at my job, learning how to code and learning. He's like barking at me. I'm like, eh. <laughs> have some patience. But no, I, I love all of that. And and the book that Kira was referring to is called The Five Love Languages. There might be some of you who have never heard of it. And so I'll pop that in the in the show notes. I'm going to pop one more book in there that I feel like I have to mention as we're talking about the patterns we we learn from our family of origin. And that is getting the love you want. Attached. Oh. Oh, yeah. and attached. Yeah. But getting the love you want. And then what is Absolutely. the one that they wrote for singles? Keeping the love you find. Keeping the love you find. Yeah. Because I have found that hugely helpful and, and he sort of takes it a step further. He being Harvel Hendricks, Harvel Hendricks. Yes. He takes it a step further and really talks about, and it's a theory. It's not, I mean, I just, I really resonated with it because basically it's that whole theory of like that we end up marrying our fathers or we end up marrying our mothers and, or a combination of the two. And and we're like, I swear I would never be, it's just, it's not your fault. It's just, (laughs) it's subconscious is what he's saying.
1: Yeah. But then it's our, it's our job as adults and getting in relationships to heal each other's childhood wounds. I mean, I, I, you know, I think no, he says that it's
0: not, it's not our job or we think it's, we make up subconsciously that it's our partner's job to heal our childhood wounds, but really it's, it's your own damn job.
1: Oh, it's your own damn job. But that you can, with a healthy relationship, I think, do that.
0: Yes. And just, and being nurturing to each other and loving and, and all that. And all that good, fun, mushy
1: stuff. All the mushy stuff.
0: (laughs) Oh, this has been so fun. Is there anything else that you feel like you didn't touch on that you really want to say or rant
1: about? You know, I want to talk quickly about vulnerability because I think it's the, I think it's the conversation that. The kind of women, I don't want to say the kind of, but women who follow me and, and I think somewhat follow you, which are these like really strong, smart, independent types, mm-hmm. you know, they may be like, I've got all my shit together. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Why am I single? Or why am I not in relationships that feel good? And I, and I think the missing um, piece there is vulnerability yes. is that so many times now in a landscape where men don't necessarily know their role anymore and that's okay But like that we have to understand that that's happening, that it's really, really important for people to know where they fit into our lives, to know what role they can play, to know how to be great for you. And I, and what I see happening a lot for these strong, independent women, are they go on dates? And of course we want to put our best foot forward, right? We're nervous. We're whatever. And then we talk about where we travel to this year. We talk about all the cool things we're doing. We talk, and then that, that person sitting across from you, man or woman going, huh, where do I fit into this person's life? They're nervous. Right. they 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 have their own fears and insecurities. Where, where, where can I be great for this person that we have to show people, you know, also, you know, our good stuff and the stuff that we're working on. Cause true love is actually how we take care of each other. Mm-hmm. That's what love really is. It's not, we can't love perfect. No. We can't love perfect. We actually, you know, the love lies in the cracks. It it lies in the way that we take care of each other. And like I say, um regularly, like I've, you know, since I've been with Danny, and it's only been four and a half years, we've traveled to Greece and Italy and France, and we lived in Costa Rica, and we've been to all these places which sound romantic, but you know, our relationship is built. And the conversations we have on the couch or in bed where I'm talking about struggling with my health or, you know, when I dropped him off for rehab or, you know, that's where our love and our connection was built is in that vulnerability of how to take care of each other.
0: Yeah. I a thousand percent believe that. I think that, and when you talk about the slow burn, I, I look back on the last almost 12 years with Jason and I think about these 12 years, almost. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it has been a while. So we, the moments that were really difficult and they have, and they weren't perfect. Like when we were going through them, there were some like, um, yeah, (laughs) that was a mess. (laughs) But, and in, in that, you know, we've both had to, had to learn communication skills and like, you know, here's how I basically like the whole, here's how I need and want you to show up for me because, Like I always say, can't read minds yet. God damn it. (laughs) You have to say it.
1: Absolutely. No. And I mean, I mean, you know, and the best moments are when I'm having a rough moment, you know, Danny, you know, we're, we're, we're at the place in the relationship where he just looks at me and goes, okay, what do you need right now? You know, mm-hmm. how can I be great for you? Like, do you want a smoothie? Do you want a coffee? Do you want, uh, you know, we will give you a big hug. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I do the same thing for him. And that's how, you know, we keep that slow burn just feeling good on a daily basis. You know, it's just, it's just in those ways that we know how to take care of each other or we know how to ask And, you know, know, Mm -hmm. and that's where, and that's where the love is. It's not in these like romantic moments of, you know, traveling or what, or whatever. It's in the moments where you, where you build a solid foundation so that, you know, no matter what happens, you know, we're in this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, love. True Love. love. You know, that. Yeah. Andrew was not able to come to my wedding, but that's actually happened at the beginning of my ceremony, which we could watch, but we couldn't hear, but there is video now.
0: Oh, okay. And I didn't know that we awesome. was, you were, you were, she was live streaming it. And so I was able to watch it as it happened. It was very exciting. Well, thank you so much for being here. And now I am so it. glad that you came by today and tell people where they can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My site is called League of Adventurous Singles and you can find me at com. I have a podcast too, um which is aimed for uh single women and even but I know a lot of single men listen to it, but it's just conversations that we should be having like this. Yeah. You know, to be to be smarter about what we need to do to get into really solid relationships.
0: Excellent. 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 I will, of course, have those links in the show notes, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. You know how grateful I am that you choose to share your time with us because I know how valuable your time is and I thank you for it. So until next time, everybody, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.